you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, what is going on, man? Nah, DJ, you know how it is, man. It's the, the uh, fast break to the holidays. And so I don't, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm, I'm a last-minute shopper. I, I've, I've oh, always, yeah, I'm the same. I've always, I've always I just sent you a text today to confirm your address so I could send out my Christmas card. It's the 21st yeah. as we're recording yeah. this. I, I am, I am, I am one who used to like to go out on Christmas Eve just to like the madness of that part of it. I like, I, what, like, what, I, see, what? I like, I like it. Yeah. When, hey, when the store closes, closes at six. Oh, okay, cool. I'm good. I got, I got yeah. a couple of hours to, time. to get it done, but I can't do it because NFL games are on oh, yeah. Christmas Eve and uh, I'll be with the Jags in Tampa, and it's a four mm-hmm. o'clock game. So I won't have a chance Oof. to. Uh, yeah, I got. Hey, that's what. Hey, thank God for Peacock, baby. I got a little Saturday <laughs> night Chargers Bills home game. Uh, so I'm in. I'm. I'm in good shape there. I uh, got that going on. Uh, today we are going to uh, hit on the rookies. We do that every week, kind of the rookie impact scores uh, individually and then team wise. Uh, we've got some other areas we're going to get into, including the game of the week, which is a which is an awesome matchup. You talk about bullies. And bullies mm-hmm. facing off with one another. We're going to get that when uh, Baltimore and San Francisco square off this weekend. So we'll get a chance to dig into that as well. And also take a peek. We'll take a quick peek at the top 10 of the draft. Uh, see what stands out to us there. Um, so uh, let's start off, first of all, Buck, with the uh, with the rookie impact scores for the week. We've got uh, a lot of familiar names here. Uh, but I want to hit you on one topic. Uh, Sam Laporta was number one. Yeah. 27 points, over 27 points on our score this week. Jordan Addison right behind him. Jameer Gibbs. Uh, so a couple lines there. Trey Tucker, uh, big-time speed receiver for the Raiders. So I got to see him last week. Uh, and uh, Rasheed Rice, who's done a nice job with the Kansas City Chiefs, kind of emerging as their number one receiver. Those are the top individuals. Then team-wise, you've got Packers, Lions, Raiders, Cardinals, Titans um, for uh, the most impact from their rookies. But uh, I want to stick with Laporta and not him individually, but the position that he plays. Because we are, um, as we march towards the draft, there is a big time tight end in this draft. Uh, we've seen a few in the past. We've seen Kyle Pitts go up there in the top. Um, we've seen uh, Hawkinson was a high high first round pick. 
But guys like Sam Laporta picked outside round one uh, continue to have impact year after year after year after year. So are we to the point now with tight ends where even though you can acknowledge grade-wise this is a player that's worthy of said pick in the top 10, top 5, the gap between that great player and the other options you're going to have at the position in rounds 2, 3, and 4 I, I, it's a hard sell, man. It's a hard sell in the draft room right now. Even though you could say it, look, I graded him. I put him up there. He's an outstanding player. But guys, we're going to have, you know, we're not going to take the A-plus tight end. I can get the A-minus tight end or the B-plus tight end in the third, fourth round. Uh, I think we have the conversation that some people like to have about running backs. Yeah. Not necessarily that you can't appreciate a great running back that has the talent, like a B. John Robinson, right? B. John Robinson, the talent and all the stuff that he brings to the table is everything that you look for. But then you have this list of guys that have been drafted outside of the first round. Like, let's just talk about A-Chain, you know, yeah. for the Miami. A-Chain. A-Chain. Yeah, I, I want it to be yeah. A-Chain, but it is A-Chain. Like, but, but, but for the Dolphins, he's drafted outside of there. But you could say, like, hey, he's giving you more bang for the buck based on what he's doing. What happens with the tight end, I don't know if you can get the production necessarily equate to what the value of the pick is when you take him in the first round we can talk about how Cal Pitts could revolutionize the game from a talent perspective but then you look at the production it doesn't match up because you've seen Travis Kelsey was a what third round pick uh George Kittle was a fifth round pick I mean the list goes on and on and on of some of the top tight ends that we've seen in the recent era that weren't yeah. first round picks Man, I think you can just bypass them and then try and find a sweet spot like to go back on average and see where are the top tight ends really being drafted and what are the common characteristics. Sam Laporte being drafted in the second round. Well, DJ, I would say he's more of a traditional tight end, even though you would say like he wasn't necessarily the best blocker as a Y. But at Iowa, you saw him do what traditional tight ends do. He wasn't a flex receiver, a jumbo wide receiver. He was a traditional tight end. Maybe there's something too. Let's look at how he played. Let's see if he lines up attached to the tight end. Let's see if he does some of the things that you would ask him to do in a traditional sense while also giving you the pass catching things that you have to have in the modern game. So the the way to phrase this is let's just give you three positions. So if you have tight end, if you're picking, you're picking six in this draft coming up mm-hmm. and you've got a tight end, a tackle, and an edge rusher. The tight end is the highest graded of the three, but the tackle and the edge rusher are just behind it. You have to then go through the exercise of, once we get to the third, fourth round, are there going to be tackles there that are going to be able to start for me? Let me spoil that for you. No chance. No. No. You might get lucky. There's very few, but the majority of the the starting tackles in this league were high picks. At least the good ones um, Mm -hmm. are are majority first-round picks, maybe a couple second-rounders in there as well. Edge rushers, okay, I can find you some mid-round Daniil Hunters in there. Um, I, there, there. There's a few of them. But still, for the most part, the impact guys, when you look at the sack leaders and you see the TJ Watts, the Khalil Max, the Josh Allens, the Miles mm-hmm. Garretts, the Micah Parsons, the Montez Sweats, like there's other guys sprinkled in there. But for the most part, you find those guys there. Tight ends, Buck, when we go through and look at the tight, the top tight ends in the league, it's, it's literally a, it's a grab bag. So it's got to be a huge gap. Uh, between the tight end and the tackle on the edge rusher if you're going to take him up there in the top 10. I mean, it has to be that. And we've also seen people manufacture production from tight ends that didn't even play college football. 
I mean, you yeah. think about the franchise Gates. that you work with, Antonio Gates, being a basketball player, Jimmy Graham, being another basketball player. I mean, the list goes on. Mo Ali Cox is yeah. having success with the Indianapolis Colts as a basketball player. And so it's a position where the success comes from everywhere. And as a team builder, as a scout, we have to consider that when we're doing it. We have talked about um, in recent years, we've talked about like the first round being reserved to the, for the P's, passers, yeah. pass rushers, pass protectors, and then designated playmakers. And a lot of those playmakers have either been wide receivers or high-end cornerbacks. But they're even special cases because every wide receiver wouldn't necessarily make us go crazy to draft them. But we know those first three, passers, pass protectors, and pass rushers deserve to come off the board in the first round because it's such a premium at that position. It has been rare that we found a first-round tight end that has had long-term impact that has kind of changed the game. And I'm talking about, and I love Jeremy Shockey, and I love some mm -hmm. of the other guys that have been first-rounders, but you're just looking at, like, Travis Kelsey is going to go down as arguably the greatest one that we've ever seen based on his numbers. Third-round pick. Yeah. George Kittle, perennial pro bowler. Third, I mean, fifth-round pick. So, yeah, it's one of those positions that you have to talk. You can give the player the grade, but when it comes time to make the pick, you're looking for a more marquee spot in the first round as opposed to that spot. Yeah, and I just think, you know, again, this is a long discussion and we'll have plenty of time as we get towards the draft. But if you want to look at teams whose seasons haven't gone the way they hoped, mm -hmm. I would say the majority of those teams, it's, it's one of two things and in some cases both. It's the quarterback play has not been good or there's been injuries. The offensive line play has not been good or there's been injuries there. That, that's the top reason. If you look at teams with expectations and results beneath expectations, I, I'm telling you, I mean, look, the Jets are, their example, one. Um, mm -hmm. Both, right? They've had injuries and poor performance at the quarterback and offensive line positions. If you are great at the offensive line and you have depth, man, Buck, you can cover up a lot of stuff. We talk about the quarterbacks covering up warts. Man, a great offensive line can help protect a lot of people, not just you know figuratively, but literally. Uh, I can tell you this great story, and it's, it's one of the stories that I remember, not only as a player, but as a, as a, as a, as a team builder. It'll, it'll always stay with me, even as a high school coach. So I was in Kansas City. I played with Marty Schottenheimer, one of the only seven or eight coaches to win 200 regular season games in the National mm -hmm. Football League. And it was right after Marcus Allen uh, retired from the Kansas City Chiefs. And so there was uncertainty at running back. It was Tony Richardson. It was Donnell Bitter. It was Greg Hill. But no one had established themselves. And he stood in front of the team in the offseason, like one of the first meetings. And he was like, I don't care who plays running back. And he had Tim Grunert, Dave Zott, and Will Shields stand up. <laughs> yeah. And he said, as long as we have those three, because it was center and two guards, Will Shields being a Hall of Famer, Grunny and Zott being high-end players, it doesn't matter who runs the ball. Yeah. Because those guys dominate at the point of attack. We can find anybody. And it wasn't a knock to those guys, but it was another lesson to me. Hey, man, if you... Dominate the line of scrimmage. doesn't really matter if you have an A-level back or a B-back. You're still going to get production. And for teams that pride themselves in kind of, hey, we are a line of scrimmage team, right? That's been the new phrase that everyone talks about. Oh, we're going to be a line of scrimmage team. Well, you got to put your money where your mouth is, meaning you got to expand those first and second round picks on offensive linemen annually to build a dominant offensive line. Otherwise, you will never be able to compete with those guys. And I know we've talked about, hey, not having tomato cans. But I think it's more apparent now you need to have a high-end offensive line to be able to be successful long-term in the league.
I tell I always tell the story. It's one of my favorites of, of just kind of a, a funny version of that. Is when I was in college at App State, going into our spring game, we had uh, they decided they were going to let the two quarterbacks, and it was me and another quarterback. They're going to let us pick the rosters. So instead of having the you know uh, you know the ones versus the twos or whatever, we we're going to pick the whole teams. And it was my first time being a general manager, and only time, truthfully, being an only man a general manager, Buck. And my first pick was our starting center. Bam, he comes back. He took like our number one wideout. My second pick was our backup center. I said, Good luck getting this out, boys. <laughs> you can't, you don't it get was, to stand, you can't play. You can't play. You don't get to stand. The whole, the whole game where it was like in the snow, it was a spring game in the snow in Boone, and that ball was snapped all over the place. I, I remember thinking that, like, so again, though, like the depth, not only it's to me, you'd like to be big and athletic and, you know, strong with your, with your five, but you also want to bake in depth because you know the injuries are coming. But those teams that are talented and deep at, at the offensive line position, Buck, you get a tight end that get, gets injured, okay, you know, we, we'll work around it. You know, even if he's a special player, he's a great player, um, we can survive a little bit. When your quarterback's running for his life back there, you got no shot, man. No, you have, you have no shot. And, and it, it, it really impacts everything. You know, I know the NFL, we talk about being a passing league. But DJ, you have to also be able to run it to control the game, to slow people mm -hmm. down, to set up your big plays and shots because scoring is down because we're seeing more split safety, too high looks. Shell coverage you everywhere. Can't, because you can't run the football. You can't force them to drop that extra defender in the box so now I can get one-on-one -on, -one on the outside because it all relates. But a large part of that is because you cannot dominate the line of scrimmage to run it well enough to make defensive coordinators say, okay, man, we need to stop this running game. Mm -hmm. We need to slow it down because they're, they're killing us getting five and six yards a pop. The line of scrimmage, the offensive lines, I mean, it, it, look, it's not a coincidence. The, team that are playing, the teams that are playing the best typically have the top offensive lines in football. No doubt. Um, again, those will be discussions we'll get in deeper uh, as we go towards the draft. But uh, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we come back, we're going to look into the game of the week, which is a doozy. We have a couple great games this week when you look at the uh, – you know, the Dolphins and the Cowboys is a big one, but I think this one that we're going to focus on with the Niners and the Ravens is going to be truly the game of the week. So we'll get into that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have... Hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. 
It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. It's time for the MTS Game of the Week, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, it's the Ravens at the 49ers. The spread is minus five, favoring the Niners. The over-under is 47. And DJ, that spread that spread has been a point of contention in the Baltimore Ravens locker room. Uh, guys are really upset that they are viewed as the underdogs. You have spent time <laughs> at that organization. You understand how the Ravens think. It hasn't changed, regardless of the head coach. This is a team that is always fancy themselves as being the biggest and baddest of all the bullies in the league. Uh, when I look at this team, having had a chance to watch them up close and personal, uh, defensively, it's a great defense. They do a great job of really putting pos- players in positions to make plays. When I think about Jadavian Clowney having one of the best years that we've seen, Justin Matibrique dominating on the interior, Kyle Hamilton playing well as a hybrid safety linebacker, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen making their plays. And then I will say this, Marlon Humphrey is the notable name in the secondary, but they got a bunch of guys that are not household names that are playing well. Geno Stone, six or seven interceptions. Yeah. You know, like just a well-constructed defense to support an offense that is driven by a former MVP, former MVP who's playing really, really well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Baltimore, they're going to try and make this a muddy game. Um, you know, when you look at what the Niners do, they work and live in the middle of the field. Well, guess how Baltimore for 20 plus years has built their team right Right down down the middle middle of their field. Their best players are their defensive tackles, their linebackers, their safety. So that to me is they, they are equipped now though. I don't think, you know, if the 49ers are on and clicking and they've got everything going, Mm -hmm. it's darn near impossible to stop it. But if you're going to look at personnel and play style, Baltimore is probably the best you know, to handle that, to give them a fighting chance here against the mm-hmm. 49ers. But I, I want to get to the 49ers uh, side of this thing, but because I had our buddy Jack uh, do some homework for us. Jack is the uh, he's the best in the business when it comes to research. But I was curious, you know, think about we always talk about the benefits of having a rookie deal quarterback. Right. And so mm-hmm. then you can then splurge and hit on big ticket items around him and really kind of. Uh, empty the piggy bank to go get great players, which they, you know, they obviously have done there. They've paid a lot of stars. They went out in the offseason and, and got a, a big time defensive tackle away from the Philadelphia Eagles and Javon Hargrave. 
But think about not only that, think about the benefit of cheap starters at other positions. So I said, let's, I said, pull me some names of players for the Niners outside the first two rounds. You want to talk about cheap starters? When you get guys rounds three through seven buck for four years, you're not paying anything. It's nothing. And yep. these are not just starters. Listen to these names. Fred Warner, uh, Greenlaw. Um, you've got uh, Kittle was a fifth round pick. Uh, Greenlaw was a five. Warner was a third. Uh, Hufunga was a fifth. He's hurt right now. Obviously, mm -hmm. Purdy uh, in the seventh. The kicker, Jake Moody, uh, is another one who will be added to this list as well. These, these are just players uh, that, have, that have done big things for them outside the first round. And there's more and more and more of them. But that's just a that's just a sample size there of, man. You think about your pro department, who handles free agency. Uh, you know they ought to send the college department, uh, you know, some a bouquet of flowers uh, for, for making their job easy because the budget when you hit on not only the seventh round quarterback but all these other players, you know, over the years, fuck your budget in the free agency side just goes to the roof. You can cherry pick and go get the best players you want. It is. And DJ, we, we've talked about this and I want to make sure that I mean, we're talking about the game, but it, it's a nuanced conversation where we have talked about the quarterback position being one that you treat like uh, the way they treat it in college, where you have guys at a position. And then if they're not good enough, you're more willing to move on because of their rookie contract and the value that it has when it comes to building up the rest of your team. When mm -hmm. I think about what the Niners did, like people will talk about Brock Purdy and they talk about finding him in the seven. But you know what is really admirable about the Niners, the Niners threw resources at the position. And when they found the guy, they moved off. They moved yeah. off Trey Lance. Yeah, they, they traded. They did all this. Number three pick. Everyone is like, ah, oh, it busts. But you know what? Brock Purdy made it right. They signed mm -hmm. Sam Donald. So they committed to bringing a bunch of different guys in to see if they could find a starter. And when that starter was a, look, a guy that was an unheralded draft pick, it freed them up to do it. And their CEO, Jed York, talked about that. Hey, you know, like the way that the position has been done, we have found value at the quarterback that has allowed us to sign a Javon Hargrave and other things. I think other people need to, other teams need to get off of kind of the stigma of the picks and this and that. And hey, man, if we can find somebody cheap that's a starter and we don't have to pay the position, don't pay for average. Mm -hmm. Pay for a guy that's a franchise player. Don't pay for average. If not, just keep cycling through until you get that guy because it allows you to build up the rest of the team. 100%. And they've done that uh, very smart, how they've uh, how they've handled that situation. And it's paid off for them in a big way. What do you think, going back to the game specifically, Buck, if I tell you the Ravens offensively have some success against this defense uh, for the 49ers, how? How do they do it? Running the ball. Uh, yeah. I think what happened is the, the, the thing that you never want to do is put bad stuff on tape. And so last week, the San Francisco 49ers showed a vulnerability to the running game. And so if you're the Baltimore Ravens, the first thing you have to do is you got to probe and see if they fix that issue. It's a little more difficult, Keaton Mitchell being out. Uh, now you have Gus Edwards, you have Justice Hill, and I think they bumped up Melvin Gordon. Uh, it'd be a little different for them, but the, the difference maker is number eight, Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. So now Lamar Jackson, if they get to running the football, they can kind of put the Niners in some compromising situations where they may have to play a little more man-to-man -man coverage and do some of those things, which lead to some big plays for Odell Beckham and uh, Zay Flowers and some of their other pass catchers. Isaiah likely is the guy to also watch because as a tight end, he's kind of come on and kind of become Lamar Jackson's buddy, particularly down in the red zone. But running the ball, the running game is what really sets the table for the Ravens. 
I think if they're having success against the Niners because the running game has got off. No doubt. Um, well, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun to see how this thing transpires. Again, both teams are going to try and establish their physical dominance in this game. And now I talked about the Ravens being built up the middle. The Niners' defense pretty dang stout up the middle as well. Uh, they are excellent on the edges, obviously, uh, at the defensive end spot. But stacked at defensive tackle. Again, elite, elite off-the-ball linebackers. And in a time when so many teams don't value that position, you're going to see in this game two teams that feature off-the-ball linebackers as dominant, dominant players. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how this thing shakes out. Yeah, and look, this should, could be like a little tasty cake or a Super Bowl preview. So I'm really excited to see what this looks like. And I am excited that it's on the main stage where everyone gets to see. It's, it's, it's the only show in town, so that should be fun. No doubt. That was the MTS Game of the Week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code MTS. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score $150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code MTS. The crown is yours. All right. I want to do a quick uh, discussion as we're wrapping this thing up. Again, we'll have another episode coming your way tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, draft thing. Uh, I was looking at the order. And as I see it, looking at it right now, and again, this will change a little bit as we finish up the season. But right now, uh, you've got Chicago, New England, Arizona, Washington, Chicago again. So they're one and five. The Giants uh, picking six, the Jets, the Chargers, the Titans, uh, and then the Falcons. I I looked at that and I said, okay, there's five quarterback teams in the top ten. Five teams that could potentially be in the quarterback market. I think they're likely to be in the quarterback market. Chicago, New England, Washington. The Giants, I would put in there, even though they just paid Daniel Jones. I don't think that would preclude them from taking somebody. And then the Falcons, who are, you know have a big need at the position. So that's five, half the top ten. So if you're looking at who could be the kingmakers, like who's got who's sitting in the catbird seat? Now you say, man, the Bears picking one and five, they get a chance to really control the draft, no doubt. But I'm circling the Arizona Cardinals at pick three because mm-hmm. in yep. a draft with teams, when you have that many teams need quarterbacks. The team that's picking the highest that's set at the quarterback position is the move team. So mm-hmm. the Arizona Cardinals sitting at three, positioned ahead of Washington, positioned ahead of the Giants, and and you know well ahead of the Falcons. Now, hey, picks pick can be for sale here. Now they're going to have to make the decision. And we would assume it goes quarterback, quarterback. You're looking at an elite receiver, one of the best we've seen in a long time, who would be a perfect fit for your team. They're going to have to weigh that versus a. I think there could be a pretty considerable King's ransom, you know, if we get some of these other quarterbacks emerge throughout the process. You know, I, I think the big thing is you talk about five in the top 10, they need quarterbacks. Uh, the trick will be when you, we finally dig into the 2024 quarterback class, are there five guys worthy of being yeah. in the top 10 based on their, their talent and long-term potential? If it is viewed where you do have multiple guys that like four guys that are worthy of being top 10 picks. Well, yeah, it certainly creates a situation where the Arizona's pick Cardinals pick at three becomes very valuable. If you're the Cardinals and you're set on Kyler Murray, and when I think they will be set on Kyler Murray, just because the dead cap charge that no one talks about is super mm-hmm. prohibitive from yeah. them moving off of him. So if you're the Cardinals at three, we talk about wide receivers and we've talked about that position and pass catchers and those guys. A lot of it depends on how you view Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Because then it becomes Marvin Harrison Jr. versus what you can get back in picks and what your team needs, your perceived team needs are. Can you get enough back to move off of what could be maybe a transcendent play at a position that gives you something that you haven't had since Larry Fitzgerald uh, walked off into the sunset? 
Uh, mm. It'll be intriguing, but you're right. The Arizona Cardinals, as it's currently constructed, they have a lot of juice when it comes to being the power brokers of the draft. Yeah, uh, again, it's going to be fascinating to see where these picks end up uh, and how it ends up. Uh, again, you're looking at some coaching changes here in this in this group as well, uh, which a lot of times, as we always uh, as we always try and preach, you're looking for quarterback teams. Obviously, the need is one thing, but usually when you have a new coach, it's accompanied by a new quarterback in a lot of mm-hmm. in a lot of situations. When it's iffy, mm-hmm. when you're like, I don't know, do they stick with this guy? Do they move on? Usually, a new coach comes in. He wants to get his guy, reset the clock, all that jazz. So. We'll have time. We'll have plenty of time as we get to the spring to jump into this. Uh, I'm just starting to really get cranked up on the tape on these guys. I'm actually going to jump into receivers next, so maybe give you a little teaser on that next week uh, as we uh, as we head towards the new year. Anything else you want to add, Buck, before we get out of here? No, DJ, like, it's fascinating. And the last part of what we did on the podcast today, the top 10, the draft, uh, it's coming. And we got yeah. both season and, and, and full swing. And, like, really, this weekend kind of kicks it off where we see uh, we'll see some of the players, some of the top players kind of take place and participate in some of these bowl games. But yeah, it's coming. It's really going to change the way these teams go about their business uh, when it comes to team building. So this is fun. Yeah, no doubt. Let me handle some uh, some business on the way out the door. The Holiday Classic is back on NFL Network this Christmas Eve. Watch a special Sunday night of primetime football as the Patriots and Broncos light up the night. The NFL Holiday Classic Christmas Eve live 8 p.m. Eastern only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Um, All right, that's going to do it for us today. We will see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.